0: Yeah. Welcome to episode three oh, of DDS Faith like, podcast. Sounds good. Just, me. I mean, it's not that hard to do an introduction. Yeah, now. you Come just on. did it. so that's That's, that's going would, on. It's not done. that difficult. It's done. Yeah. It is that difficult. It's absolutely. That, that was difficult. good. And we're going to keep going with this.
1: And we're going to keep that.
0: Because I'm younger than y'all. And I understand <laughs> what they want. <laughs> sure. I'm the youngest generation here. You sure are. You are. And we have people that are watching I don't and care. listening.
2: That. Not live. That's why I'm the nice one. <laughs>
0: We're not is keeping that. Is that, that. going to be like the recurring thing you say every podcast at some point? During yes, podcast? I am. I'm the nice, I'm the nice one. You one. said that in both of them. I am I the, the yeah, nice the first one. I, put the, I know you self- said that in the first Self-proclaimed
1: one. nice one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's called, called rebranding. The first one. Yeah. And you did say that part too. Yeah.
2: Your, middle, was name, the... your, 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 your middle name is Scott? <laughs> why
1: are you doing it?
2: Your middle name can't be Scott. cause that's my middle name. Uh
0: Me and Jeremy might be good buds after this. Maybe. All right, go he ahead. needs a friend. Go ahead and do your introduction. Yeah, all my friends like just mine. die or quit talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. funny because it's true. It is. Welcome to episode three of the DDS Faith Podcast. I'm Eli. I'm the special guest here. And today we're going to be talking about youth and college ministry in the church. As you can see, I'm the youngest one here, and that's why they brought me on here. Yeah, Because they don't relate to youth and college <laughs> because it's been so long for both of them. Wow. So
1: Basically, we he have here? basically we have young, old, and really old. Yes, three generations. You started
2: it. I'm the nice one. Here he is. <laughs>
1: so. so, youth and college ministries. You know what's what's their purpose? You know the the church has the church has their own purpose of this is what we think it's for. But then, what it, what should it be for? I guess I'm, I'm looking kind of for both. Um, Because in my experience, uh, in the churches that I've worked at, most of the people in the church want a more attractional uh, youth ministry and college ministry where you just, they they want butts in the seats. That's what they want. What what have you guys experienced?
0: So, well, first of all, to tell you a little bit about myself so you'll understand a little bit more about why I was asked to be on here. um, I just graduated. I'm fresh out of high school. Just started my first semester of college. Um, I spent... At my church that I grew up in, I spent six years in the youth group with two different youth pastors, and I can tell you from experience that both of them did things completely different.
1: And you had them evenly. You had three, for the first three years, you had one youth pastor, and then for the second three years, you had another
0: one. Yes, with the small gap in between, obviously. Yeah. Um, The first one resigned. He was called somewhere else, Um, and then a few months later, the next one came along. Um, But... Experiencing both of them for uh, pretty much an even amount of time, I can tell you that both of them did things completely different. And um, since I just graduated, um, I can I can tell you that being through middle school and high school, um, youth ministry is super important, and it needs to be taken seriously in the church. Yeah. Um, and when you're there, you need to be prepared for what you're going to face in the world. Because when you go off to college, which, and I can tell you only two weeks into it, <laughs> There's going to be those professors that you just want to raise your hand so bad and say something about what they're saying, but you really don't know whether they're going to be smarter than you.
1: So I know you've only been to college for a couple of weeks now, but has youth ministry helped prepare you at all
0: for what you've seen so far? Especially the last three years, to be honest. Um, The first three years, I spent a lot of time just hanging with friends. I just got to middle school. Um, Life was completely different than elementary school. Um, and the peer pressure changes. Yeah. And so my idea of youth was just showing up, having fun, um, going to the events they were having, and it was really shallow. I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip um, to Nashville, and that was, to be honest, nothing but fun. Okay,
1: so really, uh, really quick. Um... So you're you're talking about the first three years. So you're talking 7th, yes. 8th, and then ninth grade. Correct, and then so, 10th, 11th, 12th was the last three So years. you were also younger then. So could mm-hmm. it be that your view of youth ministry then was just a little bit different? Yes. Do you have a new perspective as well? So Just I, to be objective.
0: So I do think that being young played a big part in it. Yeah. Um, you know, I hadn't grown in my faith quite a bit. I was saved, quote-unquote saved, the sinner's prayer. Um, when I was about eight years old, to be honest, I was so young, I couldn't tell you whether I was seven, eight, nine, whatever it was (laughs) on the second Um, or third verse of just as I am. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but being early in the youth, I was young and I was, to be honest, immature. Um, I just wanted to invite my friends, show up, have fun, um, go home, play Xbox, leave my Christian walk inside the church. Right. And then the next one comes along and he starts changing things, the next youth pastor. So this is my um, almost end my freshman year. Um, the next youth pastor that came along was nothing but, to be honest, a threat to the fun I was having. And with that being said, like, I'm not here to bash the, the youth pastor that I had before. I think that he did some things well, um, you know. And then the, a huge difference between the two was the first one had huge numbers coming and the second one had smaller numbers coming. Mm-hmm. Not that the second one had really tiny numbers, but they were smaller than the first one. Yeah. Keep in mind, when the second one came, COVID hit within like a year. So that did not help anything. But um, when he came, he started making changes that I didn't like. We did this thing called fifth quarters, and this is the first thing I did not like. (laughs) And we did these things called fifth quarters, Friday nights after football games, pretty much every week. You'd come at like 9 o'clock. Um, and you would you would stay until midnight, and it was essentially, the way I thought of it, was a safe hangout for teenagers to keep them out of trouble, which, although it's not a bad thing, it, and it is important, you know, you want to be around the right people, especially Friday nights when, you know, you have all those temptations, but there's more to it than that. That's not
1: the mission of the church. Right. If that was the mission of the church, then it would really just be, uh, oh yeah, you know, keep them out of trouble. They're still going to hell, but keep mm-hmm. them out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Forget discipleship. And,
2: yeah. When you say threatened your fun, what do you mean by that?
0: Um, I was just going and having a good time. Not that I wasn't growing spiritually, but I didn't realize how little I was growing spiritually until the next one came along. Mm. And I wasn't spending a whole lot of time in the Word. Um, my my spiritual growth was 95% Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. Mm. Um, Wednesday nights at youth. And so when he came, the fifth quarter thing was for only high schoolers, and the youth was seventh grade through high school. So only high schoolers were allowed to come to these, these fifth quarters. The new youth pastor comes along, hears about that, and opens it up to middle schoolers. <laughs> and I had just gotten in high school. So I would waited my time <laughs> to get to these fifth quarters, and then these annoying little middle schoolers were showing up, and I'm like, what's the deal? So I called this youth pastor, and I was like, what the heck, man? And You he,
2: actually spoke to him.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. You know, that's what something he he kept saying over and over was. If you have a problem with the way I do things, tell me about it. Which you know, I mean, why didn't you just? Write that's a, crazy. Write I an mean, anonymous letter. I should <laughs> have done. It I know. It. I know. Because that gets things done. That's the yeah. biblical way to do things, yeah. right? Yeah. Write an anonymous letter. I forgot letter. About that part. I, I, yeah. I, I, I read the Bible. Um,
1: you were good. You practiced so, Matthew 18. You called him and you mm-hmm. said, "Hey, I, and you didn't accuse him of anything, Mm-mm. right? No. You just you asked him, what's the deal?'" Yeah. What is the purpose? Why are you allowing the middle schoolers to come?
0: So I, I was respectful. Yeah. Um, and I, I pretty much told him, like, hey, um, I just got in high school. I feel bummed out that I waited two years for nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> why are these middle schoolers coming to something for high school football game or after high school football games? And he was like, discipleship. And I was like, what? What is that? <laughs> and, like, the, the 12 of them in the Bible, you know? <laughs> I didn't know that we had disciples. I didn't know that we I am a disciple of Jesus. I mean, if right. somebody told me that 4 years ago, I'd been like,
1: well, "What religion are you?" You're not just a disciple of Jesus, but usually someone is supposed to be mentoring you. Right. They're supposed to be discipling you. Mm-hmm.
0: And disciple is not only a noun, but an ad, or a, a verb. Right. You you are a disciple and you like you said get discipled. Yeah. And so you, only, you don't only get discipled by your pastor or your youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the things he brought up on this phone conversation was you disciple these younger kids in the youth group. Yeah. Because not too long ago, you were in their shoes. You know what it's like. You know their struggles. Take an opportunity to build a relationship with them and pour into them. Yeah, I cannot tell you the gap that I had when I was in seventh grade with those seniors. And it was almost like I knew who they were, but... There it's like they were no... untouchables or right. something. And, they were just so good. And I was intimidated you. around yeah. them. And I, I know a lot of them now still, and that that's not the case anymore. Right. Um, I, was, I was seriously intimidated to be around them. I wanted to be cool. I wanted them to think that I was, you know, whatever. And I didn't have a relationship with them. And so when this youth pastor explained to me why he was inviting them to fifth quarters, it made sense to me, although it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> and after that whole year, I understood, like, hey. Well, you had
1: some brothers that were... Coming yeah, up and the that youth made well. it even
0: worse. <laughs> I had two brothers. I have two brothers that are three years younger than me. They're twins, and they came up in the youth. Um,
1: they're the last people you wanted to disciple. Yes, right. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. But anyways,
0: my sophomore year, they moved into the youth, and it's like now they're coming to fifth quarters. and I'm supposed to have some time without them, <laughs> and <laughs> that's a good opportunity to build relationships with those younger kids because when you're only doing that on Wednesday nights, there's not much there. You need to be texting them and spending time with them at outside events. We, yeah. did, we did other things other than fifth quarters, like even on their retreats. Um, and we, we did do some separate things. Like we'd have a high school retreat and a middle school retreat. Now, before the new youth pastor, it was just a high school retreat. There was no middle school retreat.
1: My understanding was a lot of this stuff was more geared to the high school, yes, wasn't it?
0: right. It was, it was very seniority-based, even yeah. little things like loading up the bus to go somewhere. Seniors first, seventh graders last and so finally I get to you know my upper part of the youth and that's not a thing anymore so
1: <laughs> I don't get to get on the bus first anymore I know How you, don't, could you? you don't get the
0: cool back seats
1: well you know the middle school thing you know in, in, in general this isn't just with high school and middle school it goes it goes from middle school to elementary from high school to middle school from college to high school from from uh, I guess uh, career age to college and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody is annoyed with the younger generation or the people that are younger than them. And do you know why that is? It's because they remind us of how ex- we were exactly <laughs> like that when we were their age. And it annoys us because it's like, oh, we're just so, oh, it's exactly how I was. And it's like, you don't want to think about it. So you're just like, I don't want to talk to them. And, and you put them down and then you disrespect them. And we actually do this in all generations. It's not just high school and middle school. You know, uh, the uh, it's, it's happened to me several times of where I've been disrespected just because I was younger. And you know, I try to make it a point to just because somebody's younger than me doesn't mean I don't listen to them. Um, you know, J- Jeremy's older than me, and uh, you know, I, I believe that he respects me just as much as I respect him because mm-hmm. he shows that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and I hope you saw that from your youth pastor
0: yeah when you know I think both of them did respect the students to a point yeah um, didn't call neither of them called us kids which was automatically a big respect <laughs> I mean like seriously yeah like, little things like that shows a lot of respect and like, you're not that, kids right you're and, not. you know by definition we might technically you know we're under 18 we're, we're children whatever but we're to the point where we can make our own decisions and it is a crucial point in your life where you are transitioning into a, a tough time. Right. And and like the, the first youth pastor I had, he he had strengths. Keeping a good number isn't a bad thing. But the problem is all you know, like the a lot of the seniors that I think of when I was in 7th grade, I've heard a word from them and it's they can seem like they're this perfect genuine disciple of Jesus but you really find out how genuine it was when they move off to college. Yeah. And the seniors that this new youth pastor had that are a little bit older than me, they're still around. They're still active in the college ministry that we have. I still communicate with them. From the second
1: youth pastor. Yes. The seniors from the second.
0: Right. And so, like, sometimes the large number, and this applies to the church in general, the small number isn't, like, a bad thing compared to a big number because the big number is... Typically, going to be just shallowness, and every single one of them are going to drown as soon as they go out well, into the real world. We touched on this you, you have
2: spectators, mm-hmm. the bigger your number, you just yep. have more spectators exactly. there, uh, just wanting to see the show. Well, mm-hmm. look at look you at, end up with what's that st- statistic where you have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work, yep, and yep, and the other 80% of people aren't doing anything aren't (laughs) doing anything they're just there
1: so the funny thing about numbers and and churches being all about numbers is and when when you look at the bible uh you can see where god actually tells uh david do not count your armies like I will take care of this. You know, you will win your wars. You will win the battles that you're gonna you're gonna go against. And what did David do? He counted them, and then God, you know, he punished him for it. It's like quit worrying about your numbers, mm-hmm. and then go look over to Jesus whenever he's feeding the five thousand. And at the end of that, uh, in John chapter six, he says, "You must uh, drink my blood and eat my flesh to enter the kingdom of God." Well, anybody, everybody got mad at him and left, and only the twelve remained, is what it says. And he says, "Only you guys remain. You're the you're the only ones left." And I tell you, one of you is a devil, mm-hmm. talking about talking about Judas. Um, so it's really interesting. You know, you're going to have that smaller number, you know. If you want to be like Jesus, you're going to have a smaller number.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and you find out if you can swim based on whenever you're no longer actively going to church. Yeah. Like if your entire walk of Christ is rooted in Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, as soon as you don't have those things when you go off to college or whenever you no longer have those parents that are making you go, yeah, you're gonna drown. Well how many you know, who's holding you up? Right. You and know if you're only if you're only getting spiritual spiritually fed once or twice a week by somebody else, you're not gonna grow. And if you're not if you are actually in the word almost daily, praying without ceasing, yeah, all that stuff, then you're gonna survive well, on your own.
1: Well that's 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 a baby thing. And see, I, I know I, I've seen so many people do it, and they go, well, I don't really like this church because I'm just not getting fed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't you feed yourself? <laughs> like, yeah. like, do you come home and just like, I'm just not being fed, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, no, absolutely not. not. You feed anything. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You feed yourself. You're not going to church to be fed. You're going to church for community, accountability, discipleship,
2: or on the contrary, relationship.
0: On the contrary to that, how many of them think that something is going too deep and they're not bothering taking their time on their own to understand it, right? Oh, absolutely.
2: And they're just getting annoyed. Like right. I don't understand like, put it. Some like, effort into he's that. going too deep. It's above my head.
0: Yep. Like, did you ask him any questions, or did you just sit there and complain about it? <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Was that... No, that's
2: you absolutely the, right. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> yeah. you know, seriously, I I want a count when you put this episode together and it's all edited. I want to count of how many times this one over here has done the luxurious hair flip. See, it's not. It's I, not get I get offended. To send. make you jealous. I get so offended every watch, time. Every back, time he know. runs his hand <laughs> through that hair. Watch the, the just... back right here. Get out. <laughs> Do yours,
0: Jeremy. Go.
2: I'm the nice one.
0: So the he, discipleship. Y-
2: you mentioned... <laughs> earlier that the whole see every time quit earlier you mentioned uh, discipleship and yeah. that that was a whole new concept on the phone call yes yeah that the idea of the older kids sorry students no. <laughs> when I was in youth ministry I called them kids but it was more mm-hmm. term of endearment not disrespect. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um no. Well, I, that I had kids isn't it wrong. It's just um, you do want to res- like I've heard people that respect students call us kids. Right. Like, oh, absolutely. I know for a fact that they respect us, yes. and they say kids, and they don't really mean anything by it. Right. But when you literally think they are just kids, then that's yes. the same. Right,
2: right. So the older students mentoring the younger students. But I also think, you know, you talked about other generations as well. That's a concept that I really think, you know, the whole church – doesn't really understand. They hear the word disciple, they think you know the twelve, right? Um,
1: or they think discipleship. If, if they do realize, oh, we all need to be disciples, they they run into this. Um, okay, Sunday school class is discipleship. No, it's not. Or right. we have a Bible study. That's no one on one is discipleship. Yeah, you know right. that's. What, I mean, look at Jesus. He had you know he had his twelve, but he has top three. Well, and he had how, Peter, James, and, and how did he
0: get those twelve? Yeah, he, he, went, he did not get them all at once. Right, and he went after them too. Yeah. And they they didn't come to him. Yep, that's right. But I mean, he said, "Drop your nets and follow me." Yep. Like while they were fishing, which was their livelihood. Like that's how they made money. I, I think that story is so good. To, like so, it, it speaks volumes. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, a D now retreat that we did. The whole the whole theme of that, but this is with the second pastor. Okay. The whole theme of that was like genuine, a, an authentic faith and like genuine discipleship, and the difference between that and just shallowness. Mm-hmm. And um, that one of the huge analogies that we use was when Jesus went and he said, drop your nets and follow me. Yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong. It was Peter. Yeah, the, uh, Peter. Peter was one of them. I'm not um, sure. Let's Dua check the MacArthur I'll, study Bible <laughs> <laughs> right I, here.
1: I want to say Peter and Andrew, but I mean, I may be wrong. Um,
0: but anyway, so he said, drop your nets and follow me. And they weren't just fishing for fun. Like that was their job. And he said, leave it out there. I Imagine, I was asked this, imagine if Jesus came to you and said, stop doing this. And <laughs> one of the things this, this youth pastor said over and over again was, think of something that you love doing, and then think about, what if Jesus told you to stop doing that? Well, the first thing I would be like is, well, he wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> he, God, but, wouldn't, but God we, wouldn't ask me to give that yeah. up. But what if he did? Yeah, he may absolutely ask like, you to give you it up. And you wouldn't understand why, Not at least not at the time well i I, i've got a good example of that
1: just personally um you know i've been a youth pastor for like i don't know 10 years now or so and um and i've always saw myself just doing youth i never saw myself like ever being done with youth ministry and and then god said you're done and now (laughs) i'm doing now i'm doing this ministry uh whatever that's gonna look like you know and um You would think, you know, God wouldn't ask me not to do that. I mean, I was doing the Lord's work. But he says, I don't want you doing that work. I want you doing this. So I said, okay, yes, sir. You got it.
0: Hmm. Well, and and going back to the fifth quarter thing, the first thing discipleship requires is a relationship. Yeah. Whether that is a a first, if you're making disciples, which is our commission, and you're in a random place like the grocery store, you don't just go up to somebody and start... Here's the, here's the ABCs, blah, 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 yeah. blah. The well, you, you can. Do, right, you can, but the first thing you're going to want to try and do is say, hey, my name is this. Right. Get it's it, much better to establish. a small relationship yes, there. Yes, absolutely. And then that relationship can grow if you end up right. getting something out of it. And
1: think. then and it doesn't, the relationship doesn't end when you get saved. Right. If anything, oh. that's the very beginning. I've got, a, I've got a guy who has been mentoring me for the last 10 years. And he's, I mean, he always contacts me. He texts me every once in a while like, I mean, he keeps up with me and makes sure that I'm doing, you know, I'm still staying in the Word. And, you know, he's like, well, what's God teaching in now, you know? And,
0: uh, you know, he's a, he's a really great guy, and everybody needs a mentor like that. Well, and how, and how many, how much of the modern church today... Checks off a box once this kid is saved, and it's just... Yep, that's it. Go
1: on. All right, cool, we got him. All right, now your duties as a Christian yep. is to tithe 10% and be at church every time the doors are
0: open. Yep. hope to see you Wednesday night. If you don't yep. come, you're probably not going to hear from any of us. Right. Yep. Um, that's well, nice. just how
2: it is. You've said this word a few times, authentic. mm mm-hmm. um, And then you also mentioned how COVID hit mm-hmm. not long after the second youth pastor came in. Mm-hmm. COVID hit the whole church Mm -hmm. and i talked previously about how i just truly believe that was an opportunity from the lord Mm -hmm. telling everyone in the church do better be better uh because with it when things were shut down you had to be a lot more intentional right about uh interacting and participating in things uh and we saw a lot of people just sat in their house Mm -hmm. didn't do anything so for you How, during that whole period of time or coming out of it since, have you seen or been better with what you do? To to clarify,
1: because I want to understand. Yes. Um, I want to understand. Are you asking, like, how did he survive COVID, like, through his Christian walk? Is that what you're asking?
2: That, how, and did your Christian walk get better through Yeah. through the through the pandemic and what were some things that you learned so that on the other side of it you can be better than you were when you went into it
0: um so to start the last podcast something you said was how people were like oh i i just want to go back to sunday school um and and to be honest i was one of those people at the beginning i mean you could ask him I was like, oh, this is killing the church, man. We can't go on Sundays and just Satan, man. Let me tell you. And and to a point, that's kind of true. But I didn't understand that. Obviously, I've always heard the church is the people, which is very true. Right. But I was thinking, oh, church is canceled. That's not true. Yeah. We should have been holding each other accountable Mm -hmm. the entire time. And at the beginning, I wasn't. But to the question about how I grew during that, I think God used COVID to teach me that even though everything's online right now and the fun things are gone and the Wednesday nights are gone, the church body is still there. We can still communicate. We can still hold each other accountable. We can still bear each other's yep. burdens, restore each other, talk about sins, whatever we gotta do.
2: But you had to be right. more intentional about mm-hmm. that you didn't, you contact. Couldn't just wait for mm-hmm. It wasn't to the convenient with yeah. everybody yeah. You, getting you had together to in the really building. Stretch you out had to make it. an effort, pick up a phone. So where, in a
1: way, you grew in, during Absolute, COVID yeah, and being away from the church. Absolutely. Well, church was not canceled. It, well, corporate worship was canceled. It, that's exactly right. Well, like, you know, that was just so funny because everybody's like, the government's trying to end church and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can't. You can't do it. Well, now, you may stop us from going to corporate worship. But the church still stands. And with technology today, it was easy. There was no issue with us having a Bible study or or whatever and just do it online.
2: Again, but it came down to if people were going to make the effort to do it or not. And I think one of the things I saw was, you know, there was no effort being made.
0: Well, and, and the live stream... Like, the whole technology side of corporate worship was improved quite a bit. We started doing a live stream. Yep. Um, the youth started doing more live streams and stuff. It was, you know, that really had, we had to step up the game in that area. Yeah. However, that can be a bad thing now because how many church members <laughs> just sit behind a screen and do church? But 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 think about it. Those people that are just wanting to
1: sit behind the screen and do church are the same ones that are, are just are. sitting in the service just being, just mm. being. Uh, spectators. Spectators, yeah, Spectators. Uh, like, that, so nothing really changed, did it? No. It really just kind of separated some of the wheat from
2: the tares. Yep. Sheep from the goats. Sheep from the goats.
0: I would say that I grew quite a bit during COVID. It was an opportunity to reach out to some of the younger ones. I was a, um, ending my sophomore year there, so I was right at the halfway point through youth. Um, and it was a good opportunity to grow. Um, the discipleship part really stuck out to yep. me. It was no longer just showing up Wednesday nights. One of the analogies that I actually gave during a lesson that I was giving to the youth like last year sometime maybe was, and I saw this from Francis Chan a couple of years ago, um, that every single Christian is swimming in this giant swimming pool and they all have these like artificial like life rafts holding them up. Life like, jackets. Life jackets, yeah, yeah and, they're, and they're holding them up, holding them up breathing out of the water. And those life rafts could be things like going to church weekly, being raised in a Christian home, going to a Christian college, (laughs) everything, like being forced to go to church, Mm -hmm. just just church attendance. That's a a big one, I say. Stuff holding you up. Right. People begging you to come to church. Mm. Well, and... There's so that could expand to so many different things, like having a Christian thing in your bio, being born in the Bible Belt. Oh, how yeah. How many people think that they're a Christian because they were born in East Tennessee and my grandma went through a Bible? <laughs> like, uh, uh, like, seriously. There's a lot. Th- those life rafts or those life jackets are just holding people up and then when they move off to college or whenever COVID hits, COVID was a big one here, those life rafts are r- like ripped away yeah. and people just start drowning like crazy. And the only ones that stayed afloat was the ones who already knew how to swim because they're... Christian walks were also at home. They were growing in the word, they were praying, they were yeah. making disciples. And obviously you're going to have those ruts where you're just not really being that pro- productive as yeah. a Christian, which is okay, but are you genuinely attached to the vine? Oh, and oh, this <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this particular then the second youth pastor and then this hit hard. I mean, this seriously changed the the past two years we were at the beach on this beach retreat and he said how many of you aren't attached to the vine but i'm holding you to the vine
1: you're not attached the to the vine, vine being, but you're attached yeah, to the youth pastor, right the vine you're to just jesus. kind of holding on to him
0: um john 15 i believe the vine yep. jesus is the true vine we are the branches how many of you are holding on to the pastor and he's holding you on to the vine that is not 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 how it works right you have to connect yourself what
1: happens when that pastor leaves what are you gonna do exactly oh i'm i'm not connected anymore what happens when COVID hits? we need a pastor Mm.
0: yeah i mean how many people just die off because they weren't connected to the vine and the scary part is that they didn't even realize it yep Mm. and that hit me and, and at the time i do think i was attached to the vine but that just hit me like how long was i not yeah i mean that is scary to think about and our you know, the job of pastors or just, you know, followers of Jesus in general is to get people connected to that vine. Yeah. But you can't do it yourself. You let God use you through that, and He will work on their hearts and convict them. Yeah. But you also help them grow. Right. You know, I would not be where I was at if it, if it wasn't for, you know, tons of people through, throughout my life that have poured into me and, and showed me how to read the Word, how to study it, um, how to worship. Yeah, how many people just go to church and they're not worshiping? Because it's not it's not their song, you know. I mean, I'm right. sure you know all right. about that. <laughs> yes. I know yeah, and nothing I, about that. And Explain that. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, and that's that's all generations too. Like, obviously, I mean, we you. My generation tends to get, y'all mentioned this last time, we we tend to get attached to the music, like the the melody, catchiness part of it. And the scary part is I don't realize that sometimes. Oh, where you're not listening to the lyrics, right. what German I'm worshiping yeah. with my hand up, and I'm like, yeah. I don't realize it, but I'm like, this is a good song. Or when I'm driving and I'm scrolling through different worship songs, and I'm just like, oh, I don't like this one, I don't like this one, I don't yep. like this one. That's not, I'm not worshiping anybody other than myself.
1: Well, and then what's the difference between using a song to worship God and... Just enjoying a song. That's scary. Like, you, mm-hmm. we need to be careful on that.
0: Well, and the singing part of that <clears> is, is praise, yeah. which is a form of worship, obviously, but we need to take worship very seriously. Absolutely. It's a humility thing, and I didn't know that. And you do it with everything that you do. Right. When you take
1: a math test,
2: you are worshiping God. One of the things that um, I noticed in 25 years of doing worship ministry in Tennessee, Virginia, Um, every place I've been in, it's been Mm multi-generational. And um, it's really interesting that while I got a lot of older people very vocal about sing this song, do these songs. Mm -hmm. Anonymously? Some not so anonymously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like... You have to do hymns. You have to read out of the KJV only. Mix,
2: you know. But I never got the same thing from the younger generation. I never had anybody. They were
1: fine with the hymns or the praise I and worship whatever. I never had any
2: of the students coming up going, why can't we sing some of these new songs? Yep. Or why do we have to sing all these old songs all the time? It's kind of Um, funny whenever the younger people are being more mature than the older people. But I was thinking about that and about how, you know, when I would look out on a Sunday morning, they would be regardless of if it was an old song or a new song, yep. they're participating. They're worshiping. Whereas there would be other people, depending on what song it was, they're either participating or engaged or they're standing here like right. this, just shaking their head.
1: And J- just to be clear, when we're talking about worshiping, we're not talking about, like, you got to have your hands raised and all that. That's no, not no what we're I'm just talking about, about is, that is a personal yeah, being... Preference. Exactly.
2: Part- I just wanted to make
1: sure that was clear to the viewers.
0: Participating right? in the service, not spectating. Exactly. Is what I'm talking right. about. Right, well, no, for sure. And wh- we need to worship like nobody else is in that room. Oh, absolutely! Like it's yeah. you and Jesus, yeah. and that choir director is not up there directing; he's leading. Yeah, you know, and, and y'all talked about about that last week. I think I was
2: at a church in Knoxville for a few years, and it was always interesting. Is that I could tell on s- depending on how the Vols played on Saturday. <laughs> now, you laugh, but it is true. <laughs> depending on how the vols played on saturday it was either going to be easy to get people engaged or i was going to have a hard time and it was just like we're here to worship god are you but there were some people who worshipped football ut football Mm -hmm. um or basketball you know i'd have people say now i have to leave early because i got to be the girl the girls play ball at one o'clock so we got to get out of here right um but that, that was what was interesting was I never got flack from yeah. the younger generation. They were always more willing to participate and mm-hmm. be be engaged in what was going on. Yeah.
1: Well, we got to actually wrap this up, but I, I just kind of want to leave with, with one more thing, and we can discuss it if y'all want to, but... You know, one of the scariest verses in the Bible is where Jesus says, "You know, many of you will come to me, Lord. We prophesied in your name, Lord. We we did these we did these things for you, and and you know, I and I'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Uh, you know, you who practice lawlessness. You know that I never knew you. Part is what's so big, and and the way I like to think of this is, you know, how many? Let, let's put it into our context just a little bit um, you know, I'm not saying this is better or anything like that. I'm just trying to give it a little bit more aha. But what if it said more like, Lord, we did Sunday school for you. We did PBS. God, we did all these things for you. Depart from me. I never knew you. And that I never knew you part is the big thing because you didn't have a relationship with them. You just did church. You right. did what you were supposed to do, but you didn't know who Jesus was. And he says, I don't know you.
0: Depart from me. And the scariest part about that is that so many people think that they know Jesus, and they don't. Yep. And like I said earlier, that gets exposed whenever you're drawn out by yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and as, as someone that is, you know, I'm eight, I just turned 18 a couple months ago. It, this is a crucial point in your life. Like, the struggles that we have compared to older generations is just so much different. Yeah. And, you know, it, the, the whole purpose of youth ministry, which is, you know, the topic of this, I think, um, is like it, how important it is. And, we like, start in one place and yeah, then and it, just end it, up. You know, yeah. <laughs> we, just,
2: we go where the spirit, the spirit and the conversation yeah. take the, us. The thing I was,
0: the kind of the last thing I want to get across is that, you know, it is super important in youth ministry, especially in this generation, because that is a crucial point in your life. And and Jesus used the analogy multiple times about childlike faith. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, and that's an interesting topic to me, because that doesn't literally mean that you can go and not understand anything your whole life. Although salvation is simple, the, the whole analogy with childlike faith is that children eventually grow up. Right. They, they are Their parents pour into them, or other people pour into well, them, and you have to grow.
1: It's not a childish faith. It's a
0: childlike faith. Right, And so you, you grow. And that that faith, although it's simple, you have to grow. And those people are going to pour into you, disciple you. Yeah. And that's super important. And as somebody that experienced a huge youth group and a smaller youth group, I can say that you do find out who is yeah. connected to the vine. And our, and our job is to make sure that people are truly connected to the vine.
1: The, you know... The concept of salvation is, is simple. You're right. Mm. But it's anything but easy. Mm-hmm. Because it's a relationship. You know, It's like the concept of marriage is pretty easy, but the relationship is still difficult. It is anything but easy.
2: Well, and it's like uh, the question you asked earlier. Think of the thing you love, and what if God asks you to give it up? Mm-hmm. How many people say no? Uh, Either no, or God wouldn't ask me to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. You better be willing
1: to let anything
2: go right now you mentioned just a few minutes ago that you're just turned 18 and you just started college and i know that um you did when you were doing your research and thinking this whole topic was about students who graduate and then yeah leave the church so what keeps you because you're still involved you're still mm-hmm. attending and serving <laughs> what keeps you there Humilded. as far as just not, <laughs> as far as just not going off and doing your own thing
0: um, accountability is super important. Um, I've grown up in the same church my whole life and I have a, a tight circle of friends, although um, some have obviously gone their separate separate ways,' not in a bad thing, not in a bad way yeah. Um, but you know we're, we're standing in the word, we do a Bible study. Um, it's just account- accountability is super important, especially with people that are going through a similar time in your life. And so that's kind of something that keeps me going. And also just being in the Word on your own. You know, I, I try and be there every day. You learn um, to swim before you graduate. Right. And that's, that's super important. <laughs> what, and that
1: go, kind of goes back to the beginning of what is the purpose of youth ministry, you know. Um, one of the things that was told to me when I was really young and first started out in ministry is they said, um, however you get them to church is how you're going to have to keep them there. So whenever I was a youth pastor, I did not entertain. I, I didn't do it. That was not is that was not my goal. My goal was to keep them there with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They came.
0: Well, and my buddy um, gave a great analogy on that actually. Um, like if your child is having a birthday party at somewhere really fun, like Chuck E. Cheese or something. I'm yeah. sure so you love Chuck E. Cheese. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> If, if he's having a birthday party there and you say, all right, son, there might be 50 kids here. but I have to break it to you, but they're not here for you. They're here <laughs> for Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Or you have it at your boring house and five kids show up and you say, hey, they're here for you. Oh, man. It's the same that's concept. Excellent. That's excellent. And you've you got to get them there for worship and for Jesus and yeah. just for the other people. Um, don't go to church with the mindset of yourself. Yep. And that's in little ways that people don't realize. Like, how, is this song mine? Is this song fit what I want? Yep. Um, am I here? To Are they sit with preaching the from
1: the Bible that I like? Oh. Are they singing the songs that I like?
0: The the Bible We're translation not... is a big one.
1: Yeah, we'll um, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> or another week. <laughs> I will I will say before we end this, um, the you find out in the church who is supportive, who is truly supportive of your youth, very easily when something goes on. Yeah. When the new youth pastor came. The wolves are just coming,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's so unfortunate because it's people that you would never expect,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it you find out who they are very quickly. Whenever God brings somebody that is bringing something genuine, yep, the wolves don't have to attack when there's nothing genuine going on, and Satan wants Satan wants a lukewarm Christian is more dangerous than an atheist,
2: and Satan will use absolutely. Satan will use the people in the church to attack mm-hmm. because the arrows that come from inside hurt more oh, yeah. than the ones coming
0: from mm-hmm. outside. Definitely. When there are some people that have came to me and they're like, we are so proud of the way you guys are doing this. And they're genuine. They, yeah. they are there for us. They support us. Um, and then there are some where it's just like, where is your voice? Like yeah. when this happens, where is your voice at? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, do you care? And then the ones that that are the wolves... They they claim that they're there for you, but their actions are just the complete opposite of that. Right, and it's like and I they sort of
1: quiet down mm. because now God ain't working. Whenever he, he is, but whenever, whenever you have a, a youth
0: group that. full of lukewarm Christians or a church in general, Satan would rather have that than a group of atheists because those Christians think that they're going to heaven, yeah, and they're not, and that's where Satan wants them. Yeah, I and mean, that is that's terrifying to think about. That is absolutely. And I would terrifying. rather have a group of three students that are on fire for christ genuinely attached to the true vine versus 30 of them that are just going to fall off when they graduate
1: absolutely
2: all right this seems like a good place to okay to wrap it up cool. or we, you know he'll be on here for the next three i don't which know is we, fine. We, we, we might
1: have him back I,
2: yeah i <laughs> can figure out what you are because i'm the nice one
0: he's you know, got the hair I'm yeah
2: you're gonna have to do something might a, might you're gonna have to do something with some that a hair a mullet
1: Please don't do a moment. <laughs> don't don't sh- <laughs> don't
2: sh- yeah. sh- don't shake <laughs> your hair in front of me. He's jealous of my hair, guys. It's okay. Oh he's, goodness! He's just old.
0: And jealous.
1: All right. Well, thank y'all for listening. Uh, please don't forget to like, share, so subscribe. Check out our website, uh, ddsfaith.org. and we'll see y'all next week. Thanks. That's right.